Amen. Let's read that verse. I am forgotten as a dead man, a dead man out of mind. It does not say a dead man out of his mind. It says I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. Somebody who's died and everybody forgot about him. Have you ever heard that old cliche, out of sight, out of mind? Well, that's what he's saying, except he's not dead and he's not far away. He just says, I'm forgotten. How, as a dead man out of mind, I am like a broken vessel. I am like a broken vessel. We're going to talk about this morning that broken vessel. And we'll give you three things about that vessel in its breaking. Hopefully. How many of you have ever felt like and you have sensed in your life at some time along the way that you have been forgotten, overlooked, or forsaken? There's times in your life when you will think God is not anywhere near close to you. Now, that's, that's based on your feeling, not fact. I did not say that to give you the impression that it's true. I said that to give you the impression that we feel that way. There are women in here today who have felt that hollowness of life, feeling, I know I've been saved, I know God is my Lord and my Master, but the truth of the matter is, I have found out in my experience from time to time that I feel lonesome and I feel forgotten. The psalmist said, I am forgotten as a dead man, somebody that's been buried, a man who has been forgotten and out of mind. He said, I am like a broken vessel. Are you listening to what I'm saying? A broken vessel. I want to take these pots and I want to preach to myself this morning. I want to try to suck out of this illustration. I want to try to siphon out of this sermon today something I can get to Thursday with. I don't have anything this week to preach until Thursday. I'm uh, have cleaned the schedule off for two or three weeks so that I can walk through my valley with my Lord and not make many mistakes and not make my wife have to go through it alone. And so I'm trying now to preach myself to tonight. I'm trying to preach myself to the next meeting. I want, I want God to help me. I want God to let me get real enough. And I want God to let me get transparent enough to where I'll deal with those things in my life that are real issues and things that I need to repent of, not things everybody looks at and says He does a great job, or not things that everybody looks at and says He's a fine preacher or a fine pastor. The truth of the matter is, sometimes we feel forgotten. Sometimes we feel like a dead man out of mind when it comes to God and the things of God. We feel just like a broken vessel. Now, let me, if I can this morning, give you a picture to take home with you. Why do vessels break? Why do vessels crack? They were made to hold water. In the Bible days, they had pots or vases. They were called vessels. And uh, also the skins, the goat skins that held wine was called vessels. For the sake of our sermon, we're going to use this pot as a vessel. It was made and fashioned and formed to contain something, and in its containment, it was made for a useful purpose. And you know, God has made us for a useful task. Nobody in here uh, is, is uh, 
authorized to do nothing about the salvation you've gotten from one who did everything. You are not here this morning to sit on your spiritual thumbs and do nothing about what God has invested in you. And if the devil can do what he wants to do, he's going to try to crack you and break you and destroy you. John 10.10 tells us he didn't come for any other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. But God came that the vessel might be full, that the vessel might have power, and the vessel might do what it was created to do. You'll find stamped on the bottom of the, of the vessels that God makes the manufacturer's name Jehovah. God made you. You are somebody. God made you and designed you for a specific purpose. And you're not just somebody the devil's jerking around with no leader and no Lord. I feel a preach up here. Feel a preach right there. But oh, how life gets involved in commitment. Oh, how daily living gets involved in commitment. The first reason that vessels break is because of their control, of what controls them. If I'm holding this vessel this morning, the only thing that's keeping it from breaking is me holding it in secure hands. You are like this pot. I am like this pot. Whatever controls us and handles us and holds us determines to whether or not we'll be dropped. I'm glad to know that I am in good hands when I am in the hand of God. There are some verses that will come up on the screen while I'm preaching this point that will help you. The Bible teaches us that we're in the hand of God. And the Scripture teaches us in John chapter number 10 that we have been placed in the hand of God and no man can pluck us out of His hand. If you're a child of God this morning, God upholds you, the psalmist said, with His right hand. So the real keeping this vessel from cracking and from breaking and destroying its use and itself uh, and its productivity is whose hands is it in? Now, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have no uh, objective argumentation that can prove that your life is safe. If you're here this morning lost, the Bible teaches us and tells us that we have a Father after our first birth that is the Father of lies. Are you listening to me? And the Scripture says we must be born again. And why? Because the first birth won't cut it. The first birth won't get it. It takes a second birth to get you to where God wants you. The Bible, here it is, thank you, Lord. In Psalm 51, 5, the, the, the psalmist said this, Behold, in sin I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Every one of us was born wrong the first time. Can I get a witness right there from those that have been born again? I don't expect much of a witness from those that have not been born again. But if you are saved in this building this morning, you know you was lost and lost enough to need a Savior. And aren't you glad that He saves people from their lostness? But if you're here this morning and you've never been saved... 
You are a crackpot. Without being dropped, you were created cracked. You were created porous. You were created leaking. You were created cracked. You cannot do anything for God in your first birth only. Jesus said in John 3, 3, except a man, this is Jesus speaking, not Harry Krishna. This is Jesus speaking, not Mohammed. But it says in the Scripture, except a man be born again. Holler that with me. Born again. Out loud. Born again. You shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So your life is already broken. Your life is already cracked. A birth is needed. But when, when God has you in His hand and God watches over you and God blesses you, you're safe. But when you are out of God's control, listen to me from the mission. Listen to me from Fort Gordon. Listen to me from Intellectualville. Listen to me from Egoville. Listen to me from your self-made intellect. Listen to me. When your life is being handled by the devil, I promise you that it's going to crack, bust, and tear all to pieces, and you can't hold, deliver, or contain anything. The thief cometh but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have a life. How many in here? How many in here know something about life in Jesus? I remember before I was saved, wondering at night when I would lay down in the dark, if hell was real and I was going there, what would it be like? I can't remember a whole lot of times I thought that because I didn't really care, but I can remember seeing somebody say something or hearing somebody say something in an advertisement or seeing a billboard. I never was given a track and I never was confronted personally uh, until I was 21 years old, but I can remember having a conscience within me wondering, and I've seen Billy Graham on television. I didn't sit down and listen to him long, but I knew what he was talking about, and I knew what needed to be done, and I, I wasn't about to do it because I wasn't, I wasn't ready, and I didn't want to be consumed by that. I know what it's like, but you know something? When I was 21, before Jesus, take a picture of the pot! That's how... My life was. Let me ask you a question. Do you see yourself this morning in the hand of God complete? Or do you see yourself crumbling on the floor with no purpose and no productivity? I'm going to tell you, you don't look at yourself through the eyes of the Baptist doctrine or the Baptist church. You don't look at, your, at yourself through the eyes of a baptismal experience. Do not try to justify your position by a baptismal certificate. Do not think that joining every church in town can make you any, anything in God's eyes. But when you place your life in the hands of Jesus and give yourself to God, good gracious alive, you have the power in your life because you're in the right hands. Number two, not only because 
of their controller, but number two, vessels break because of circumstances. Vessels break because of circumstances. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eyes consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. How many of you believe the Bible teaches this? It rains on the just and the unjust equally. Let me see your hand. You know it says that? It says that in about five different places in the Word of God. There are some things in life that's just going to happen. There are some things you cannot forecast. There are some things you cannot uh, foresee. There are some things you cannot stop. There are some things that are inevitable. If you were in the towers when uh, the demonic Muslim regime decided to tear the buildings down with gasoline uh, projectiles in airplanes that morning when we all seen it on television, if you had been in one of those two towers, it didn't make any difference if you was a Christian. It didn't make any difference if you was lost. It didn't make any difference if you was black. It didn't make any difference if you was white. Listen, saved people died in those flames. Lost people died in those flames. And everybody's running around trying to figure out why. It rains on the just and the unjust. And what we cannot understand, listen to me, we can rest assured that circumstances happen beyond our control and we need to get God in them when they happen so God in them can get us out of them. It don't make any come. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Here, Isaiah 118. Come on, let us reason together, Seth. Let us talk. Uh, though your sins be a scarlet, they should be a white as snow. They, they, though they be like wool, they should be, uh, they, they shall be uh, whiter than snow. If you are here this morning, listen to me, and circumstances that you cannot control happen to you, and they do, listen, the difference between a saved man and a lost man is a saved man has a God to get in the mess with him, and a lost man don't have anything but a crack us. Preacher, why does trouble come my way? I don't have any idea. My crystal ball is broken and my 900 number is shut down. And I'm going to tell you something. Oil Roberts, Jim Baker, Jimmy Swagger, Rob Parsley, even T.D. Jakes, as sharp as he looks, up here this morning, don't have a clue. And if they're genuine, they'll tell you there's some things just happen because circumstances cause life sometimes to be a broken situation for the moment. And before you know it, circumstances in your life will crack you up, cripple you up, break you up. But hold it, hold it, there's one difference. A lost man stays cracked up. A lost man stays broken. But a saved man, talking about a saved man, born again man, that man now has a God who says, well, the circumstances aren't that good. The circumstances have caused you some problems, but let me get in here with you and let me help you And let's see if we can't make this plot again. And let's see if we can't fix this. 
Now it's going to take a little time. You've been disturbed, but all we got is time, and you can watch my power, and you can watch my, my ingenuity, and I'll just go ahead and help you put your life back together until you look like this. Why should I be saved? It's in the pot, honey. Can I ask you a question? If you was in the market for a pot this morning, you had some money and you was willing to pay me for a pot, which pot do you want to buy? That one or this one? You want the one put back together because the life that's been stomped all to pieces and the life that's been broken isn't valued for much. But when Jesus Christ steps in the middle of our difficulties, He begins to... You see, that's the difference. Everybody, well, I'll get saved if God won't let me have no more trouble. You're going to have to stay lost and go to hell. Ain't nothing we can do for you. Because I'm not offering you a way out of trouble. I'm going to say this again. Your faith is not a spiritual Teflon that keeps trouble from sticking to you. You do have to dance to the music even when you don't know the record. You're going to have to keep doing what you're doing. You're going to have to keep serving. I'll join the church because I think you'll get my husband back. Joining this church may run him off. I'll come down there and get saved and baptized if I can get a good job. We don't have a flea market here. We're not bargaining with God. You come down here and get saved, God may cripple you up where you never work again. But I promise you this. He will be in the middle of your brokenness and before it's over. It may be in the rapture. It may be before. But in the rapture or before, I promise you this, you are a cracked pot that's fixing to get repotted. Why does God let vessels break? Number one, because of whose control they're in. Anything he tears up, he's already got a, a set of blueprints to put it back. And when he has a purpose, the purpose will be genuinely God. Number two, because of circumstances. Nothing you can do about your circumstances. Why does Brother Sammy have polio? Why hasn't God healed him since he got saved? Because he's a God that can't be jerked around by everybody's wishes. He can't be jerked around by everybody's needs. He can't be jerked around by everybody's innuendo and desire. If God, listen, if God gave everybody everything they wanted, this congregation could keep Him busy. Every once in a while He does nothing and don't answer because that's Him, but He really don't, he don't appease us very much when He does that. We'd like a yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. Just a stereotype, send us a yes. But the truth of the matter is, we don't need the yeses because the yeses won't get us out of our brokenness sometimes. But I'm glad to know He knows best. And our circumstances. I, I had a little five-year, six-year-old nephew that uh, loved to ride the motorcycle. He loved to come to Christmas. He loved to come to my birthday party. He loved to wear his little cowboy boots and his blue suit and sit right there and be an illustration two or three times in a lesson. He was a good kid. He was a loving little boy that I buried right there. His body stayed while he was six. I want to ask you something. Why does God let six-year-olds die? I told you my 900 number is shut down and my crystal ball is broken. I do not know. But I tell you this, 
I will not challenge the mind of this universe who manufactured the whole thing and keeps it going. And whatever God does, God does it well. And I'll trust that until I meet Him. And you must too, or you will be a broken life. You'll be a broken life. I know some people right now who look just like those pots that's kin to that boy that will not get over it. You've got to learn real quick, God did not design your productivity to be a paralyzing place in your experience. You trust Him. You give your life to Him. And you let the circumstances do what? Here's the last reason. Why else does vessels break? Because of what's in them. Their content. How many of you remember Mary and Martha in the Bible? They lived at Bethany. Remember? How many of you remember? Mary and Martha. Martha was one who loved to fry chicken and cook biscuits. I would have liked Martha. Martha was Steve's kind of woman. She was the kind of wanted to get in there and, and deep fry everything. And, and Mary was a little different. She liked to sit at the feet of Jesus and break open perfume bottles and anoint his feet and wipe it with her hair. Oh, Judas, the treasurer, a good one. He spoke up and said, this money could have been spent for the poor. He didn't care no more about the poor than I care about boiled okra. He cared nothing for the poor. He was taking left and right hooks at Jesus. This could have been. He said, leave her alone. Everywhere this woman's name is mentioned, this will be a memorial to her. She had to break open the spikenet in order to pour out the spices on the feet of Jesus. And the room filled up with an aroma they never got over smelling. I'm talking about when they beat Jesus uh, there on the road to Via Dolorosa when He was climbing Calvary. That whole crowd could smell His feet from the anointed perfume of that woman. And it was spoken as a memorial to her. Why in the world did God let Lazarus die? That was their question. God, if you'd have been here. They went through that experience because Calvary was coming. And when Calvary came, they were standing at the feet of the cross, at the foot of the cross, at the feet of Jesus. And there they stood with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all the women and the men were standing around the crucifixion scene. And they learned something through that situation. They learned that there's parts of you that God will break you to get out of you. But thank God there's something in you when He breaks you that He wants out of you. How many of you believe that God loves you. Let me see your hand high. All right. Y'all might well testify. Isn't it wonderful that God cares about us and loves us? Now listen to me. Sometimes in His loving, He acts strange. He will reach into our lives to get out of us what He wants so that He can produce what we need. I'm going through a, a breaking process right now. It, it's a personal Ordeal. It came on through a series of events, but they're they're unimportant to the reason. They, 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 God will allow over here a fire to break out, so you will see that the possibility exists for everything you got burning up, and He'll get you close to it so He can set you on fire and get out of you what He wants. Uh, your children will go through deep places. 
Your, your finances will go through uh, difficult places. Your ministry, whatever you do, will get humdrum and go through difficult times. But it's not because God hates you. It's because God's waking you up to the fact He's building you and making you stronger so you can pastor people in a weak day and a, and a weak hour. And I'm telling you, we're living in a day when people need a pastor and a preacher who knows something about the fire and not just the fellowship that goes on at the chicken-eating meetings. God will sometimes reach into your life and He'll hurt something that you love. How many of you have ever had something in your life that you care a whole lot about and God has reached in and touched it in such a way it was disappointing to you, but it caused you to love that thing more or it caused you to despise if it was something wrong. It caused you to reject it and get it out of your life. But let's say it was something you loved and if the devil can't get to me and the devil can't get to Diane or the devil can't get to Steve, he'll crawl around and get into somebody's life we love. He'll get into somewhere where we, where we can't control it but we love. And he'll start dogging their tracks and he'll start throwing the darts and he'll start shooting the arrows and he'll start breaking you down. Why? Because there's something in you he wants to get out. And I found out something. It's a sweetness when God says it's breaking time. It's time for you to open up and give me what I want. And He breaks the pot of life. But inside of the pot is kissing. Inside the pot is sweetness. Inside the pot is a is a sweetness and a, an appetizing and pleasant taste. And all of a sudden, He'll take out of your brokenness and He'll let somebody else have some sweetness. He'll let somebody else enjoy a kiss. He'll let somebody else have a little sugar. He'll let somebody else enjoy a little of your life. Somebody came up to me again this morning and said, Preacher, you came back in the room and beat on the door. And I, I'm usually trying to get ready for the service. And they beat on the door and walked in and said, Preacher, you don't know how much help I've been getting these last two or three weeks in your life and in your preaching. What is God doing? He'll break you wide open. It just happens to be the preacher at this time. He'll break your life open so somebody else can have some candy. So somebody else can have the dessert and the wonder of life. So somebody else... You see, you say, use me, Lord, no matter what you got to do. I want to be a blessing to somebody. I want you to use me. So He drops you and breaks you so... A kiss can come out of your life. Or a kiss and some chocolate can come out of your experience. Somebody who looks like they need some help. Somebody who looks like they need some encouragement. You will never be nothing as long as you this candy cannot be eaten in them pots. These bags were not made to contain this candy forever. These bags were made to rip open and the sweetness of, these, of this candy to have somebody else to eat it and to enjoy it.
Amen. And thank God. May all the fat people in the back catch them some candy and become fatter. Amen. And here's a thought. That sweetness can go further than you thought it could. Son, you look like you won't come back if I don't give you one. Let me ask you something. Have you got anything to offer? How do I know? You say you have. I don't see it. I don't taste none of it. You say, well, it's in my pot. Well, it don't make no difference to me where it's at. If I can't get to it, I can't chew it. And as long as you got it, you're the only one in town that knows it. Break the bag and let God break the pot. I preach better when I'm under the gun. And I preach better when I need preaching too. I teach better. I am a better Christian when God is letting the soft pot hit the hard rock. And all around. See, there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of people got to kiss. And there's plenty of kisses left. And God can spread your life out and glorify Himself. Father, I want You to take what we've tried to do here this morning and I want You to bless it for Your honor and for Your glory. I ask You, Lord, to speak to every heart. I ask You to touch every soul. I ask You this morning, Lord, in the broken places of our lives to let us see that You're not breaking us because You hate us. You're breaking us because sometimes circumstances and sometimes you break us because we get backslidden and out of control, away from God and out of the handiwork of the Lord. A backslidden Christian is a cracked pot. A backslidden Christian is a broken vessel that got out of hand and got away from power. And that one Lord that's going through circumstances they don't understand this morning... They'll be mended before it's over if they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And God, that one that You've got something in them that You want out. My preaching will never get out of me and become as powerful as You want it as long as it's in me without a need to come out. But when You start breaking, when You start cracking, when You start dropping, when You start bringing trouble... Then the sweetness of life can become a reality. Here's the invitation this morning. While Brother Steve gets together our music, here's the invitation. How many of you would join me at this altar and say, Preacher, the reason my life is out of control it's because I've allowed myself to get backslidden on God. I've allowed myself to get out of control of God Himself. And I'm going to come and put myself in that altar and ask God to help me and ask God to strengthen me like never before. Come on, come on. Let's all stand together. All over the building. Stand. Preacher! My circumstances 
are bad this morning. Yeah, but your God is good. Come and thank Him that He's going to take care of your circumstance. I wonder how many people will come and say, if i got any goodness in me, Randy, is God breaking your life? Is God bringing out of you what would have never come out of you if He hadn't have broke you down? Sometimes sickness breaks you down. Sometimes financial bondage breaks you down. Sometimes sin breaks you down. But I want to tell you, out of your heart, God will bring a sweetness and a blessing and an encouragement to you like never before. Our Father, I want to thank You. I want to bless You. And I want to praise You this morning that You're God enough for our circumstances and God enough for our situations. I pray through the brokenness and the breaking places of life that You'll have Your way in our hearts that You'll strengthen us, Lord, in areas that we don't understand. Fill up the cracks in broken places we do not comprehend. And we'll praise You and thank You and give You glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Sing, Steve.
We're going to sing that chorus one more time. If you need a church home, if you need to be saved, if you've never made it public, Not any river, if you need to be baptized, I want you to step out and defy the devil and let God have your life and put it back together. the things that others